Let's give the Lord praise tonight. Let's honor him. Come on, let something come from your heart. Let something flow out of your heart in praise to him. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Bishop Johnson, and what a privilege it is to be in this place tonight. We give honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe he is still the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I still believe it's only by his name that we can be saved. To all of the brethren that are here, those that have preached in this pulpit, and those uh, pastors, evangelists that have attended this meeting, I honor you tonight and all the good saints of God. Isn't it great to be in this place tonight? Hallelujah. I want to take just a moment while you remain standing. I know you've stood for a while, but you'll appreciate it in a couple of hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to thank uh, Brother and Sister Johnson and the church family here and those that are responsible for their great hospitality. They just know how to take care of folks. The, the nice, wonderful, beautiful room that they provided for my wife and I, all the meals, this uh, the gift basket, I'm telling you, they couldn't have done it for a nicer guy. <laughs> That's as funny as it's going to get. But the bird just preached for us at our camp here just a few days ago, did an absolutely outstanding job down in southern Georgia. Our 26th youth camp that we have helped sponsor. And he's also preached at our SCORE conference. Brother Johnson has preached at our SCORE conference. And we appreciate these men who stand for this glorious truth. You know, the one thing that I have appreciated about being in this meeting, I've heard a lot about heritage uh, through the years, the past several years. Several have spoken of this meeting. But there's a spirit that I feel in this place, and it's 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 a spirit of safety. You feel like you feel like you could send your young people here and you wouldn't have to worry about a, a whole lot. Amen. I look around at this crowd of young people, these young men, these young ladies, and I got to tell you, liberal young folks wouldn't be very comfortable around here. Some of these hairstyles, these funny hairstyles nowadays and manners of dress, I'm thankful for that. It's great to come to a place where you can sense and know and feel that not only have they heard it preached, but you see them living it. And that's a wonderful thing. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 5. I want to read a number of verses here tonight. Please bear with me. I need to read all of these verses in order to get everything in that Jesus said, I believe, along the lines of what we want to preach here tonight. I have been tremendously blessed and strengthened by the word of the Lord. I appreciate your prayers from my father. He is going to be 83 next year. He has preached over 50 years of his life. He pastored the church where I currently pastor. He was there for 31 years, and he has traveled himself in evangelistic work for the past 20-plus years. And my, my mother went to be with the Lord about five, a little over five years ago. 
and um, my father's very ill, and we don't know really how much longer we're going to have him, but I want to honor him tonight for his great works in the kingdom of God. I appreciate and love my father very, very much. If there would be anything I wish I could have tonight, it would be him sitting over here agging me on, preaching with me. Been many times that we preached together, tag team preached, be in a conference, and he'd get so excited, he'd come up and take the microphone away from me, and he'd go off preaching for a while. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, you have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If any man will sue you at the law, take away your coat, give him your cloak also. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that ask thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. You have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor, hate thine enemy. But I say, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Amen. I want to preach tonight on this thought, the principle and the blessing of going beyond. Praise the Lord. The principle and the blessing of going beyond. I know it's the last night. I know you have other things planned when this service is over with. I know some of you, many of you are tired. As Brother Pixler said this earlier today, you probably maybe had an hour, two hours of sleep since you've been here. But we need to let the Holy Ghost finish this the way he wants to. Amen. Let me say that again because that was kind of half-hearted on your part. We need to let the Holy Ghost finish this the way he wants to. Come on, lift your voice one more time. Ask the Lord to help us. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to try to get as, uh, uh, to my point as quickly as I can, but it's going to take me a while to preach my point. So that's why I'm going to try to get to it as quick as I can. A lot of things I could say, but suffice it to say that when Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, I am confident by what we read in Scripture that he also set in order the principles by which his kingdom would operate. It's very evident that he came and upset the minds and the thinking of many people because 
They were set in how they thought things ought to be. But when he came, he said, you have heard it said, but I say unto you. And so I want you to understand that things will be different in my kingdom than what you have been used to in the past. And so he set these principles in order. I could talk about many of them. I do not have the time. Uh, I want to focus on one of those tonight from these scriptures. Jesus, in all of these verses, was speaking to those about going beyond the norm or going beyond what is being asked of you. In verse number 38 or 39, he said, If they smite you on the right cheek, then turn the other to them also. Verse number 40, he said, If a man would sue you at law and take your coat, then he said, Let him have your cloak also. He said, If they compel you to go a mile, then he said, Don't just go one mile but go two miles with them. And then he said, if anybody asks then you to, to borrow from you, he said, do not turn them away. Verse 43, 44, and 45, he spoke about how that they should not only love their neighbor as their self, and as those in that time spoke, hate your enemy, but he said, I'm telling you, you need to go the next step. Go another mile and love your enemies also. Amen. I believe that what Jesus was trying to convey to those that heard him was simply this. It is not enough that you only do what you are asked to do but that you need to go beyond what is being asked of you and do more than that which is being asked of you. Let's praise him again. Hallelujah. But Jesus did not just give them this principle. He also set forth the fact that if they would follow this principle, then there would be a blessing. He said, for if you love only those who love you, then what reward have you? In other words, if you only do the minimum or you only go a certain amount uh, or you only travel a certain distance with your relationships with others, he said, what Reward is there in that for you. He said, but if you will do what I have commanded you, he said, you will be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. I'm preaching this tonight in this last night because I believe the Holy Ghost has instructed me in the final service to challenge the youth of this generation that we need to learn how to go beyond that which is asked of us and do more than that which has been asked of us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have so 
acclimated ourselves to doing the minimum. Just enough to get by. Let me, if I can, skirt the edge and stay on the edge. And the Lord is saying, that is not enough. If you're going to be in my kingdom, it demands of you that whatever is asked of you, that you go the next mile. Uh -huh. Woo, I feel Holy Ghost in the house. The servant of Abraham found himself in the land of uh, his family, uh, Abraham's family. And as he arrived with a purpose and with a charge from Abraham to find a bride for Isaac, he prayed unto the Lord, and he said, God, let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that has been appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that you have showed kindness unto my master. The servant said, Lord, I'm going to ask her for a drink. But the one that replies to me, not only will I give you to drink, but I will also go beyond that, and I will give your camels drink also. Woo! Hallelujah! This little maiden had no clue. She had no idea that the stipulation for becoming the bride of Isaac would be based on the fact that something would be in her heart, that something would rise in her spirit and say, it's not enough that I just give you to drink. Becoming the bride was predicated upon the damsel having a willingness to go beyond what was asked of her. Praise the Lord. Pastor, just tell me what I have to do. Just tell me what I have to do. Tell me what I have to do to be in the choir. Tell, give me the list of rules and guidelines. Tell me the minimum that I got to get by with in order to sing in the choir. I'm telling you, if you're going to be in this bride, child, you got to make up your mind. It's going to require more than just doing what you're told to do. 
blessing it is when a young person has someone say, why are you doing that? You don't have to do that. That they reply, that's all right. I'm doing what I'm told, but that's not enough for me. I'm going to another level. tell you something the secular world that you go work for praise the lord when they start surveying the employee list and they start observing work habits they start looking for someone to promote to give a higher wage to a better position I'm going to tell you now, they don't come looking at that person that barely clocks in one minute before the time that they get that they're supposed to be there. Come on now. They don't, they don't go looking to promote somebody that they, they realize that they're doing the minimum to get by. But that manager, that owner of that business says, you know, I've been watching this person. I notice they're here 10 or 15 minutes early. I notice that there's times they don't take their lunch break. They do jobs that somebody else is supposed to be doing. They willingly take on more responsibility. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's when they call him in the office and said, I've been watching you. I've been observing your life and your work habits. I've been observing your ethics, your work ethics. And I see that you have a promising future because you're one of those individuals that don't have to be told everything that needs to be done. Come on, it's going to get better. Praise the Lord. We are living in a generation that only wants to do the minimum. They only want to do enough to get by. Hallelujah. Oh, no, don't, don't, don't ask that of me. You've already told me all I have to do. And there's others that are standing around saying, oh, come on, pastor, you go ahead and tell it to me. I'll accept everything you say. But when I walk out of here, I'm not stopping there. I'm going beyond. You ask me to go a mile, I'll go two miles. You want my coat, I'll give you my cloak also. He says, if you buy a Hebrew servant, he's going to serve six years, and the seventh year he can go free. And then he instructed them in regards to what his condition was when he came and where he was at that point of his 
time of liberty. And, and all that was being said, he could go free. He could leave after six years. In the seventh, it was over with. He said, but if that servant shall plainly say, I love my master and my children, I'm not going out of this place. I want you to know I've served my six years. I put in my time, but I like where I am. And I want you to know I'm making a commitment of a lifetime. Woo! Said, take him to the door. Put a mark on him so everybody knows he's a love slave. He's gone beyond. When I say amen, the Lord said, Get in, you got too many boys out here to fight. He said, Send some of them home. Tell everybody that's afraid and fearful, go home. 22,000 out of 32,000 left and went home. He said, You still got too many. He said, Take them to the water and have them drink. And he said, While you're there, I'm going to tell you who to separate over here in this group and who to separate over here in this group. And Gideon got them down to the water and they started drinking. And God said, look around. He said, those folks that's kneeling on their knees and they got their face in the, in the stream, he said, you put them over on that side. He said, those that lap water like a dog, they reach down and get the water and they bring it to their lips. He said, you set them on another side. Hallelujah. Amen. All they were told to do was drink the water. They were only told to drink the water. But there were some of them that realized we're in enemy territory. We're not under good circumstances. Situation is not very good. So... I'm not going to put my face down where I can't see what's going on. I'm going to drink the water. I'm going to shout and dance. I'm going to have a good time in the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to be looking at the same time because I know there's a devil out there. Now, I'm trying to hurry because I feel like the Holy Ghost is going to do something in this final service tonight. And I'm not going to get in this way, and I'm not going to linger long, but I'm getting to the point as quick as I can. Amen. Jesus had ten lepers that came to him. Amen. And they stood afar off, and they lifted their voices, and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, just go show yourself to the priest. And they started on their way.
And one fellow looked down. And he realized that through his act of obedience, he was healed. I don't know where you guys are going, but I know where I'm going. He went back and fell down and began to worship Jesus. Sit down, sit down. That's not the best part. Jesus looked at that leper and he said, were there not ten cleansed? He said, where are the nine? What do you mean where are the nine? You told them to go show themselves to the priest. Yeah, but what you don't understand is my kingdom operates on a principle that I tell you what I want you to do in hopes that you'll go beyond. I tell you where I want you to be in hopes that when you get there, you'll look down the road and say, hey, there's some better places to be. I'm going to go further. What Jesus said was go show yourself to the priest. But what he wanted was for 10 lepers to spin around on the road and say, we don't need the priest any longer. Let's go back to Jesus. In the context of what Jesus was saying, in verse 48, he wrapped all of it up by saying, Be ye therefore perfect. Telling me and you that our perfection is not based on just obedience. Our perfection in Jesus is not based on just doing the minimum, just getting by, just doing what you're told. He said, but if you want to be perfect, do what you're told and then look down the road and say, how much further can I go? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, there's so much preaching I'd like to do, but I'm not going to do it. You got it. I'm telling you, you're not perfect just because you, do, you, you follow all the rules that your pastor sets up. 
all the do's and the don'ts. That's not what makes you perfect. That's what has made you obedient. Moses built the tabernacle by obedience. But Solomon said, it was in the heart of David, my father. Moses built a house that was 10 cubits wide and 30 cubits long. But David built a house through Solomon that was 20 cubits wide and 60 cubits long, twice as wide, twice as long, with four times as much floor space. Go ahead. You want to live in a little old 10 by 30 obedience house, you go ahead. I'm going beyond. I said, I'm going beyond. You want to live in your little old obedient house where all you're doing is just doing what you're told. Or you want to live in a house that's twice as wide, twice as long, much more beautiful. Were there not nine cleansed or ten cleansed? Where's the nine? And here's the blessing. He looks at the man and he says to the one who went beyond. And he said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. I don't think that I'm stretching scripture or I am misinterpreting scripture. When I believe that Jesus did more for him. than he did for the other nine. Up to that point, he was healed. I said, up to that point, he was healed. But Jesus said, go your way. All that leprosy that's eat away your nose and half your face and you got nothing but nubs for fingers. He said, look at yourself. Hallelujah. Fingers were back in place. A nose was back in place. A face had been restructured. Why? Because the man said, I'm not just doing what I've been told. I'm going back to worship. I'm going back to worship. Brethren, correct me if I'm wrong, but worship is not something that can be forced. True worship cannot be forced. You can get up and you can tell them, come on, let's run around, the everybody run around the church. Everybody leap for joy. 
That's not worship. That's just bodily exercise. What is worship? It's what comes out of your heart. It's what's in your spirit. My God, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can live a life of just obedience if you want, but you got to get to a point where you start declaring, I'm going to do something from my heart. I'm going to do something because I love God. I love his word. I love his truth. Come on, there's a principle of going beyond. And if you'll do it, God's got a blessing for you. for a minute. I'm going to tell you something. We think that everything that we are and what we are is wrapped up in what we do right inside these four walls. That ain't so. The Bible tells us that Enoch walked with God and he was not because God took him. For he had a testimony that he pleased the Lord. Enoch was a son of a father. And he was a father of sons. He was a grandfather. And based on what I can understand of the structure of the family and eventually the tribe of that time, that because he was the firstborn son, he also served as the priest of the family. He served as the judge of the family, judging between what was right and what was wrong. He was the prophet of the family, the preacher. Come on now. He was priest. He was prophet. He was judge. What else was he? Help me out. He was a man. I, we, I thought I had that already clear. You were not much help on that one, Pixler. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to tell you is he had many responsibilities. And from the time he was a son, he had a testimony that he pleased God. Some folks say, well, if I was like Enoch living up on a mountainside in a goatskin tent and I was all by myself and didn't have to put up with all the problems I got to put up with, I could probably have a testimony. I'll please God also, but that's not where Enoch lived. Enoch lived right down in the real world. And the reason why he had a testimony that he pleased God is because he preached righteousness. It's because he judged righteously. It was because he was a righteous king. It was because he was the kind of daddy he was supposed to be. He was the kind of son that he was supposed to be. Come on. 
Y'all not going to shout in the next few minutes. I can tell you that right now. Amen. When you are a child at home, what you are as a, as a daughter and as a son in the home, God's judging that as much as he is. You're jumping up and down, shouting, screaming, and hollering around here at Heritage 2006. Help me, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Joey, how about take the trash out? I'm going to sit down. I'm going to find out if you're going to shout some more. How about take the trash out? I dare say that there's not one of you in this house tonight that has ever said, Oh, sure, Dad, no problem. Sure, Mom, what else would you like for me to do? Can I get a witness? Oh, Brother Bass, you quit preaching and going to meddling now. I'm preaching about going beyond. And what you are as a son or a daughter is as important as what you are when you're in the house of worship. Come on, sit down. You don't believe what I'm telling you. Hey, uh, hey, Susie, listen, this bedroom, it looks like Hezbollah and Israel has been fighting in this place. I think it's time you clean this bedroom up. Oh, mom, I'm glad you reminded me. No problem, said uh, by the way, is there any of that room in the house you'd like me to clean up while I'm cleaning mine up? Would you like me to vacuum the living room floors? Can I wash the dishes for you? Uh, can, I, can, I, can I go in and clean your restroom up? You know, get... I know you don't believe what I'm telling you, but I'm telling you God is observing your life no matter where you are. Praise the Lord. Hey, boy, get, get, yeah, Dad, I'll take the garbage out. Say, by the way, Pop, said, uh, is there, pull, pull the truck out, if you will, and, 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 and let me wash it for you. Let me vacuum it out. Let me do a little spit shining on it. I'm going to give you young folks a secret here tonight. Huh? You know why your parents sometimes it's so hard to get anything out of them? Is because they're sick of looking at your face that got downturned corners on the mouth, a nose that's wrinkled up, and eyes that roll every time that you're asked to do something.
sit down. Let me tell you how to, let me tell you how to get the car. Let me tell you how to get some money out of that back pocket. Start going beyond. You say, you don't have Bible for this. Oh, yes, I do. Jesus said, <laughs> if your son asks a fish, would you give him a serpent? If he asks bread, would you give him a stone? Oh, no, no, no. You don't do that to your children. Because you see, moms and dads like to do stuff for their children. Huh? Amen. I got a little granddaughter in, in Ohio tonight. And, and this past uh, the 18th, what was that, Wednesday, when this meeting started, was her fourth birthday. And, and I, I messed up and didn't get it out in time, but I did get it out on Wednesday. It's in a priority mail, and I put a little card in there, and I put a $50 bill in that card, and I sent it priority, and she got it today. You know why? Because every time I see that little old granddaughter, and she jumps in my arms, and I said, who you love, baby? She said, people. I said, how much? She said, big, big. Son, she can have whatever she wants. Huh? She can have whatever she wants. It don't matter what it is. <laughs> Come on now. Hey, man, you start fooling around the house doing things that you're not told to do. Come on now. It won't be long till your daddy will be coming around and say, son, I see you've been shouldering some responsibility. I notice that you're a little more responsible than what you used to be, and I appreciate all that you're doing. Here's the keys to the car. Got a full tank of fuel, and here's a few dollars to go out and get a hamburger. Go get your best buddy. sit there and look at me like that. I know what I'm talking about. I raised three of those. One boy and two girls. Oh, hallelujah. I'm trying, I'm trying to tell you that when you start learning how to go beyond, when you start learning how to do more than what you're told to do, it got quiet. I knew it was going to get quiet. I knew it was going to get quiet. Hey, uh, sweetheart, I, I just got to tell you, that, that neckline is just a little bit too low. <laughs> well... You need to raise it up at least about an inch. Oh, mama, an inch? Yeah, an inch. Well, I think I'll do two inches. <laughs> Boy, I'm feeling it now. I'm going to have to be careful. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you, it's a beautiful bunch of young ladies around here, but I don't mind telling you that I'm not blind. I can tell which one of you push the envelope and stay on the edge 
and say, is this a, can I get by with this, you think? Well, Pastor Johnson has never said anything about this. Why does he have to say everything about everything? Well, praise the Lord. Come on, girl, where's your mirror at? Praise the Lord. Well, well, you know, he said, as long as when I sit down and I stand up, my dress covers my knees. I'm probably going to get in trouble right now. Come here, Mama J. You. Well, praise the Lord. Can you stand up here by me just for a minute? Hallelujah. You want to see someone who's going beyond? You want to know the picture of going beyond? Thank you. Dear God, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost here tonight. Woo! Come on. Amen. Oh, I, I'm, I got to be, Lord, have mercy. I know I'm about to get in trouble when I say this. But Brother Purdue's here tonight, so I feel comfortable in saying it. You don't need to come to church looking like you're on your way to a prostitute convention. You need to come to church looking like the bride of Christ. Get ready for the rapture of the church. God. Woo! My God. Hallelujah. You need to come to church looking like a modest lady. If you got to kneel down and keep reaching back to pull that top down, you got a problem. You just doing enough to get by. Why are you saying those things? Because I've been looking at it around here. I'm going to tell you right now, sit down. This 6,000 plus elevation is killing this little boy from 
Florida, where we breathe water. We snorkel every day of summer. Hallelujah. Come here, Sister Jones. Now, that was an elder. Uh, excuse me. That was, uh, that was the bishop's wife. And you say, well, I mean, after all, look at her. She look how old she is. What does age have to do with modesty? You enjoyed this choir music this week? Wasn't that choir music wonderful? Sister Jones just did our choir at our camp here three or four weeks ago. Did a marvelous job. She got rave reviews. Everybody wants her back, especially my granddaughter. <laughs> you can be seated. They call her, they call her General Doretha. Now, you know, when she's leading that choir to y'all, she looks all dignified. You ought to see her from the other side. She's making some of the goofiest faces you've ever seen in your life. In fact, I think she looked at a couple of those men and said, I'm going to kill you when this is over with. She's mouthing it. No, I knew I'd get her back for doing my granddaughter the way she did. <laughs> Look at Sister Jones. I'm sorry, I should, I'm not supposed to ask a lady her age. She's 84. Oh, 34. Come on, you want to see someone who's going beyond? Come on, ladies. You want to see someone going beyond? Look at these pastors' wives. Thank you, Sister Joan. I'm sorry I did that to you, but it was so much fun. Look at these pastor's wives over here. Well, praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you, God needs more than bimbos in his church. Sit down. All right, girls, I'll leave you alone. Say thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I can see, I can see some of you guys, pastors, been teaching you how to comb your hair. Yeah, I guarantee you. Hallelujah. I was going to tell him a joke yesterday to take his hair off, but I realized he already heard it, so I didn't do it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I was in a conference just not long ago, somewhere between the East Coast and the West Coast and the, and the North and the South. And it was a conference supposedly for young preachers teaching and training. And I went, you know, there's a couple of guys preaching that day I wanted to hear. 
I'm not going to tell you who, because then you'll start trying to figure out who's preached where. And God is my witness. A young man comes walking across the platform. He's got his shirt tail out. It's unbuttoned two or three buttons, got his T-shirt under it. His hair looked like it hadn't been combed in three days. young men, but what are you on the street? You're going to have to forgive me tonight. I'm preaching about going beyond. Tonight I had my first job when I was 11 years old. I, I tell you why I took that job. I took that job at 11 years old because I got sick and tired of, of wearing hand-me-downs. I was raised in a family, you can be seated, four boys, three girls, amen. There wasn't enough money to buy everybody everything they wanted. So at 11 years old, I started working. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't have much patience with laziness. I started working when I was 11 years old. I don't, I, don't, I don't advocate this for everybody, but I started preaching full-time as an evangelist at 16 years old. The last job I held by the hour was when I was 16. From that time on, and I'm not bragging tonight. Please don't take it that way. But I'm just telling you, I, I, I can't hardly tolerate laziness. Wait, 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 wait. I'll tell you something else that just gets under my skin. I can't help it. I'm just, no, I'm not sorry. I'm just happy to preach what I'm preaching. But I have had it up to here with the sloppiness of dress. I knew I was going to mess up. This sure is the world. I knew I was going to mess up. Come on, boys. You are ambassadors of Christ. Our president, when he took office, banned blue jeans from the Oval Office. Blue jean skirts on ladies, mini skirts. Not just in the Oval Office, but in the offices of the White House. He said, you come to work in this White House, you're going to come dressed for business. I don't have a hat on, but my hat's off to President Bush for cleaning up the White House.
Let me tell you something. Honest, honest, I have been tempted to come out of my office with a pair of tennis shoes on that weren't tied and a pair of low-riding blue jeans and a, and a shirt that hadn't been ironed in three weeks with my hat on sideways. And I thought about coming out like this. Hey, you might be cool to this world, but you ain't doing much about going beyond. Praise the Lord. Well, I know what my pastor says about dating and what the rules are. And I'll respect those rules, but you know what? We're going to go a step further than that. We're not just going to be obedient to the rules. We're going to go a step further. I got to hurry up and quit here. Exactly right. He says curfew is at midnight. I'll be home at 11 o'clock. You don't. Come on, quit clapping your hands. I can tell by your response. You don't even believe that. Huh? I'm trying. Am I missing anything? Am I missing anything? You guys back here trying to preach for me, what? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, let's go. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's go. Let me tell you, this is right preaching. This is good preaching. You hear what I'm telling you? Now sit down because I want to talk to some thieves around here tonight. said, will a man rob God? He said, but you've robbed me. And they said, how? Wherein have we robbed you? And he said, in tithes and offerings. You say, what's this doing to a youth convention? I'll tell you what it's doing. It's setting some things in order in your life when you go back home. 
you change how you think. You start changing your approach to church, your approach to living for God. You start saying, I'm not just going to do what I'm told. I'm going to start going beyond what I've been told. All right, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. I want to show you something. The tithing was commanded by God. You don't give your tithes. You pay your tithes. That is a command. And when he said, bring ye all the tithe, he was saying the whole tithe. In other words, don't bring something and call it tithe and it's not tithe. You say, well, how do I know the difference? Well, sit down and I'll tell you. If you make a hundred dollars, ten dollars is your tithe. Not eight, not six ninety-five. Sit down, let me tell you young folks something. Let me tell you something. You need to learn. Someone said, how do, how, okay, I, I made, a, I made, I grossed, and that's what you're paying on is a gross. reason why Uncle Sam takes it out before you get it is because he don't trust you with it. That's why he takes it out first. God trusts you. Well, I made $185.90. What's my tithe? Easy. Move the decimal point on time. $18.59. That's your tithe. And they some folks is this. That's all he's getting. $18.59. Yeah, that's right. Make and it an even it. 20. Make it. You want to get blessed? Round it off a little bit. And I'm, I'm, I, I hope, well, I'm not going to say that. Forget it. Sit down. Praise the Lord. Now, listen. I got to hurry and quit. What time are they supposed to go to the gym? When we get done? When I'm done. Ooh, I love you. That's my wife I was signing to over there. something. God said, you've robbed me of tithe and offerings. And I looked at that and I thought, 
Now, wait a minute. If I've been commanded to do something, and that's my tithing, but offerings in Scripture were always free will. And yet God said, you've robbed me of tithe and offerings. I thought tithing is an act of obedience. Giving an offering is an act of love. So what he was saying is you have robbed me of your obedience and your love. Now, I know I'm fixing to lose about 75% of you right here. But what would happen if we started thinking, you know what? God has said he wants a mile. He wants 10%. What ought I to do about my offering? He wants a mile. Maybe I just need to double it. Hey, sit down. I'm going to tell you something. Sit down. Sit down. I know some of you are not going to believe this right now, but I'm prophesying in the Holy Ghost that there's going to be some young men in this place here tonight that's going to get a hold of this principle. And you're going to go home, and you're going to start practicing Double, 10% tithe and 10% offerings, and in one year's time, you're going to see a difference in your finances. You're going to see a difference on your job because I'm telling you, God will not let you and your desire to go beyond go unrewarded. Hallelujah. Sit down. Hey, I got under conviction tonight. The preacher asked for a hundred dollars. And I said, I'll give it. And I'm sitting there, and y'all forgive me for telling this. I can't help it. I gotta tell it. I'm sitting there, Brother Morton, and you've already counted my one. And I reached in my wallet and got a hundred dollar bill out. And I sit there for a few minutes and now we'll take a voice. Another now wait a minute, wait a minute. A voice said to me, I was looking at that hundred dollar bill, a voice said to me, What you gonna preach tonight? Oh, that's a that's a feeling. A voice said, What you gonna preach tonight? And I said, I'm gonna preach going beyond. He said, You're gonna preach going another mile, right? I said, Yes, sir. That's what I'm gonna do. He said, what you just got that $100 bill out for then? I reached back, pulled that wallet out. I gave two. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you. I'm sitting there tonight. I got under conviction. So I'm telling you what I'm preaching right now, I got a right to preach. I didn't practice it tonight. God is my, I looked over by the picture, I said, 
I said, I'm having to give 200. I said, you'll know in a few minutes why. He just grinned. I'm telling you, when you learn how to go beyond. I got one more thing I want to say. I'm not done yet. They only gave me two glasses of water, so I guess it's a two-glass sermon. Oh, here we go. Got another one. Woo, hallelujah. It's getting better. <laughs> Sit down for a minute. They're going beyond now. I got, I got two things I want to say. What would happen if on Outreach Saturday, your outreach leader said, all right, everybody's going to knock 10 doors today. And you said, ain't enough for me. I'm going to knock 20. Yeah. Now, I think I'll knock 30. Sit down. Brother Pixler gave you a charge. He said, if every one of you would go home and make it a practice to just talk to one person, what if you went home and said, it's not enough for me. I'm going to make it a practice to talk to at least two people per day. I'm tired of this playing games business. One more thing, and that's it. What would happen in our worship services? What would happen in our churches? Don't, don't get up yet. Stay seated. What would happen if when we're worshiping, Whoever's leading says, I want everybody to just lift your hands and begin to magnify the Lord. And somebody says, think I will. But there's something else. I can't just do that. What would happen? What would happen to your local assembly if you as a bunch of young people, a youth group, would go back to your local church? And your pastor said, I want us to stand and give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. And you said, that ain't enough. I'm going beyond.
I'm going beyond. I'm not just going to stand up and clap my hands. I'm going to stand up and leap for joy. I'm going to run the aisles. I'm going to dance for joy. I'm going to give my God some praise. I'm going to magnify him like I never magnified him. What would happen if every young man and young lady in this house made up in your mind from this day forward, I'll never again be one of those who just does what they're told. Just go ahead. Put it on my forehead. Going beyond. Going beyond. Going beyond. Some of you deadheads sitting back there, you ain't going to get anywhere because you hadn't even come up to obedience yet. going beyond spirit in this house. I said, I feel I'm going beyond spirit. Woo! It wouldn't hurt for some of y'all to get drunk in the Holy Ghost tonight.
is a blessing in the Holy Ghost for every young person that will go beyond. You'll go beyond anything you've done. You'll go beyond your intensity of worship. I'm telling you there's a blessing in the house. There's a blessing in the house. Shout!